the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Thank you for joining us. The foundation of genuine salvation is based on our belief in an application of the entire uncompromised word of God. We must live in it, walk in it, talk in it, aid in it, love in it, stand firm in it, abide in it, and so on. All love, honor, and glory belong to God. We must continuously strive to abide in the word of God and all that we think, say, and do. This is the true measure of genuine salvation. Listen with Bible, pen, and paper handy as Pastor Rander enlightens us today on how to know if we are genuinely saved. Every time you get some kind of spiritual traction, all of a sudden you're starting over again. You know, and you don't like this one. The last one was much better. Why did he have to go and all that kind of stuff? But I have been here, my wife have been here, and we have served you faithfully. Why? In the best of times and worst of time, we have served you. We've held our post because we've been called to it. We've been called to it. Now, if you are hollering and you just want in it for the money, you, you, you fly by night when it gets hard. You, you out of here. But I tell you what, when persecution and all kinds of things hit, we just go before our knees. We stay with it. We agonize. We trust God. We pray. We move forward and try to be a living example of how to handle adversity so that you will learn to handle your adversity when your time comes. We want to be an excellent model before you to the glory of God. These spiritual fathers, spiritual mothers, these are spiritually mature saints. Spiritual father, spiritual mothers, you possess a deep and rich knowledge of God's word. You know, don't, don't call yourself a spiritual mother, or spiritual father. And you don't have a deep knowledge of God's word. You know what? A spiritual father or a spiritual mother, they see all of life through the lens of scripture. They, they, they see the scripture. They don't see politics. They don't see media. They see all of life through the lens of scripture. A spiritual father, a spiritual mother, they commune with God in prayer and have an intimate relationship with him. A spiritual father, a spiritual mother knows how to say the right thing at the right time to comfort, to console, and to bring healing to the hurting. What the church is in dire need of is more spiritually mature believers who know how to keep the main thing the main thing. More spiritual fathers and mothers who know how to protect the unity of the of the spirit. You're not about any mess. And you help young believers. There are young believers who have just come to Christ in here. Your goal as spiritual mothers and fathers is to help young immature believers to grow into the faith. As believers grow in the word of God, it brings us into spirit. It brings us from spiritual infancy into spiritual maturity. Again, I say to you, as believers grow in the word of God, it brings us from spiritual infancy into spiritual maturity. 
Beloved, are you living in spiritual regression, looking more carnal than looking more like Christ? Or are you growing into spiritual maturity in Christ? Are you growing better? Are you growing worse? In verses 13 and 14, John tells the believers, they have known him who is from the beginning. You see that right there? We're just in the text. They have known him who is from the beginning. Now, this does not refer to the beginning of time, but rather to the beginning of their relationship with Christ. It's talking about the beginning of their relationship with Christ. The word known, you see, the word known, if you look closely in verses 13 and 14, the word known is used three times. You can count if you want to. Known, known, known. Three times in the text, if you look at your Bible. To know Christ is not just to have intellectual knowledge about Christ. Some people have a knowledge of Christ, but they don't have a relationship with Christ. To know Christ is not just to have an intellectual knowledge about Christ, but one must know Christ personally and experientially. Okay? A lot of folks can say the right things about Christ and don't know him at all. That's why they live like the devil. They have a head now. You can quote the creeds and all the things, the Westminster catechism and all the scripture memory, but you're not living out a dime worth of it. You have to know Christ personally. You have to know Christ experientially. Trusting the person and work of Jesus Christ alone is the only way you can know Christ and be assured of your salvation. Also, reflecting on when you first accepted Christ reassures you and removes your doubt. Anytime you begin to doubt or wonder about your salvation, just sit before the Lord and reflect back on what happened when God arrested you, when God transformed you, whenever that happened back in time. And don't connect your salvific or your salvation experience with some great, fantastic thing. You say, well, Lord, I'm not, I'm, I'm not, I'm not going to come to you unless I see a, a, a big tree and an angel standing by it. You know, well, if you saw that angel, you might die. <laughs> Unsaved. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I heard someone said years ago uh, that they saw God in the mirror when they were shaving to which the person responded, well, did you keep shaving? Did you cut yourself? Or did you shock? Were you shocked and you fell out and shaving cream went everywhere all over the mirror? Because if you keep shaving, you didn't see God. <laughs> so, so, so don't, don't, don't wait for some great experience. And usually those who struggle with salvation, I had that issue, are children who come up in Christian homes. And at some point in time, you come to Christ, but you can't pin a date and a time to it because you came up in a Christian environment. Philippians 3.10 says, that I may know him. I would be shocked when I see a 22-year-old, a 23, a 25, a 28, say, Pastor, my deepest desire is not to get the degree, a $100,000 paying job, or to drive a Jaguar. You know, my greatest desire, Pastor, is to know Jesus. To know him and, and and the power of his resurrection and the fellowship of his suffering and being conformed to his death. that That's when you know that person is saved. That you may know God. 
and the evidence is so glaring in your life. Thirdly, how do you know when you're saved without a doubt? Victory over Satan gives us the assurance of our salvation. Victory over Satan gives us the assurance of our salvation. First John 2, 13b says, I write to you young men because you have overcome the wicked one. You have overcome the wicked one. You cannot overcome the wicked one, the devil, unless you are spiritually strong. Weak saints cannot overcome the devil. First John 2.14b says, I have written to you, young men, because you are strong. You can't whip the devil in your own strength. You have to be strong spiritually. Ephesians 6.10 also says, finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord. This is not talking about be strong because you have muscles, biceps, because you can run fast, because you can pick up heavy weights. People can be all that and be a spiritual whip. You know, be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. First John 2, 14 B says, and the word of God abides in you. You also cannot have victory over the wicked one unless you abide in the word of God. What does it mean to abide in the word of God? It means to continue in the word of God, continue in the word of God. It means to remain in the word of God. It means to be steadfast in the word of God. To abide in the word is to continue in the word, to remain in the word, to be steadfast in the word of God. You are not combat ready if you do not have a genuine personal relationship with Christ before engaging in the enemy. Now, some folks think they know Christ, but don't and going to call themselves going to fight the devil. And the devil just get them and sweep them all over the floor because they have a sad faith, a professed faith. And don't have a genuine relationship. Beloved, every victory over Satan and the demonic realm increases your faith and gives you more confidence in Christ and courage in spiritual warfare. When you defeat the devil by using your spiritual weaponry, then you are given greater confidence to rise up and do the devil more damage. You become more courageous with every victory. Apart from knowing Christ, apart from being strong in Christ, and apart from abiding in the words of Christ, it is absolutely impossible to have victory over Satan, victory over sin, and victory over temptation. Abiding in Christ and his word gives us the strength and wisdom to identify Satan's strategies. When you're abiding in the word, living in the word, remaining in the word, you are given then spiritual insight to identify the strategies of Satan to help you overcome the wicked one who is the devil. Beloved, you cannot overcome the wicked one unless you first know the strategies of the enemy. The devil is not your friend. He's he's your enemy. He hates you. He comes to steal, kill and destroy As a matter of fact, as you're sitting here now, he's strategizing on you and he wants to snatch the word. He wants you to have a miserable day and he wants you to recant everything you've learned. The devil doesn't play fair. He's dirty. He's low down. He's evil. That's why you don't play in his camp. You're going to get burned. What are some of the strategies? Some of y'all don't know his strategies. Strategies. You know, if 
If you're playing football, basketball, or whatever you're playing, soccer, whatever, you want to learn the strategies of that team. If you're boxing even, you want to know the strategy of the other boxer so you can identify the weakness to cash in on it and hopefully take advantage. And if you know the strategies of the enemy, then you can identify those strategies, stand against it, and defeat them in the name of Jesus. What are some of the strategies of Satan? Number one, Satan always tempts believers to sin and rebel against God. Satan always tempts believers to sin and rebel against God. How do we sin? How do you sin and rebel against God? You sin by what you say with your mouth. (laughs) You sin by what you think with your mind. And you sin by what you do with your hands and with your eyes and with your feet and with your private parts. And on and on it goes. Just cut it straight. Don't look at me like you don't know what I'm talking about. Matthew chapter 4, verses 1 through 4 says, Then Jesus was led up by the Spirit into the wilderness to be tempted by the devil. Even Jesus was tempted by the devil. And when he had fasted 40 days and 40 nights afterwards, he was hungry. Now when the tempter came to him, he said, If you are the Son of God, command these stones to become bread. But he answered and said, It is written, Man shall not live by bread alone but by every word that proceeds from the mouth of God. Every word. We're to live by every word in this book because every word is inspired. It is of God. And that's why Satan will do anything to keep you from this book because Satan knows the power that this book has and he knows it will defeat him if the book is adhered to. Satan always come to tempt us in our weakest moments. That's when he comes, in our weakest moment. Beloved, since Jesus was tempted by Satan, so will we. Now, Satan tempted Jesus. Now, what make you think you're not going to be tempted? And, it, and listen, it, it wasn't easy for Jesus in his flesh. I mean, it was a struggle. It was spiritual warfare. Satan's aim was to wipe him out. It just didn't work. Because he was messing with God. Number two, I want to say this. Satan seeks to get believers to doubt God's word. Satan gets believers to doubt God's word. Genesis 3, 1 says, Now the serpent was more cunning than any beast of the field which the Lord God had made. And he said to the woman, Has God indeed said? Look at that. He asked a question to arouse doubt. Has God indeed said, you shall not eat of every tree of the garden? See, he went counter to what God has said to Eve. When Satan gets you to doubt the word of God, just one inch, you're on your way down. He wants you to doubt the word. and, And you have to believe the word. You have to hold on to the word. You have to embrace the word. You have to live by the word to conquer Satan and live the victorious Christian life. What are some of the consequences when believers doubt God's word? What are some of the consequences when when believers doubt God's word? There are consequences when you doubt the word of God. A, doubt causes believers to lack the assurance of salvation. When you doubt the word of God, you will doubt your salvation. That's why he wants you to doubt the word. B, 
Doubt impedes our spiritual growth and we live in spiritual ignorance. He wants an ignorant Maranatha. He wants ignorant believers. He hates the fact that you have pen. Look at all these pens and papers and writing and oh, you're on tablets, you're writing, you're documenting. That says a lot. Because when you write, something is happening in your heart. The, the word of God is germinating in you as you pen the word of God. Doubt impedes our spiritual growth and we live in spiritual ignorance. See, we are easily deceived when we doubt the word of God. I mean, you, you get so deceived, you don't even know what truth is. Just deceived, you carried it. You wonder, how did I get this far away from God? How did I get this far away from the church? How did I get this far away from my Bible? A Satan, Satan deceived you. D, we are more inclined to be influenced by the world when we doubt the word of God. The world takes advantage of us when we doubt the word of God. E, doubting God's word will cause us to love sin instead of possessing a hatred for it. Doubting God's word will cause us to love sin instead of possessing a hatred for it. You are more sensitive to sin when you're living by the word of God because the word of God, it sensitizes you to sin. You see, uh, F, we will rebel more against God when we doubt God's word. Anyone who began to doubt God's word will evidence more rebellion against God in their lives. You begin to rebel because you are doubting the sufficiency of the word of God. G, doubting the word of God will cause us not to witness confidently for Christ. How are you going to witness when you don't believe the word fully? When you don't stand on it? When you don't, you don't use it? Doubting the word of God will cause us not to witness confidently for Christ. H, doubting God's word leads to spiritual regression. I mean, you find yourself growing cold. You become lukewarm. You start coming to church less and less and less. Then it don't even matter if you get it. You can go a whole month and miss and not even be bothered. You go a whole month without the, the Bible. You don't crack the Bible. You don't talk about God. You don't pray. And you wonder why Satan is slapping your face right and left. Let's transition. Thirdly, one of Satan's strategies is to entice believers to believe his lies. One of Satan's strategies is to entice believers to believe his lies. John 8.44 says, you are of your father the devil and the desires of your father you want to do. He was a murderer from the beginning and does not stand in truth because there is no truth in him. No truth. Anytime the devil tell you something, it's a lie. It's a lie. Oh, it's a lie. I don't care how pretty it is. It's a lie. They tell that man, get that woman right there. She'd be the best thing for you. You haven't checked in with God. You haven't measured that woman about the word of God and she wipe you out. 20 years later, you still in recovery. <laughs> Some of you women, you let that man 
So he said, that's the man for you. He got a nice car. He got a good job. He got a six-figure salary, whatever he got. He got something, a few rings on his finger and all this. Successful. I'd rather have somebody in the poor house that love God and we can trust God together with nothing and work our way up. I believe that's what my wife and I did. We were next door to it. I mean, when I married her, I didn't have much. I don't want to tell that story. You might start crying. <laughs> I didn't have much. She didn't marry me for what I had. I know she didn't. That 68 Chevy didn't even have an air conditioner. It didn't have you know, I, I, I tell that story. See, y'all like my business. So y'all, there y'all go. Let me get back to the Bible. <laughs> but uh, he's a liar. When he speaks a lie, he speaks from his own resources. For he's a liar. And not only is he a liar, he's the father of it. Beloved, you are destined to believe Satan's deception and lies when you are not living by the truth of God's word. This whole world's system is enveloped and swirling in satanic lies. Lies from the news media, lies from the politicians, lies from the secular educational system. I don't know how they make the numbers be something else now. Critical race theory and gender confusion, all this stuff in the church and the kids can't count. They don't know what a pronoun is. And all this gender neutral stuff. Teach my child how to read, how to write. Teach him some algebra. I don't, let me, I don't need you teaching my child some theory. Straight from the pits of hell. Don't you sit silently and let these teachers re-educate your children. Lies is, is in the educational system. Lies of political correctness. And even in the church, you got lies in the church from false teachers, false preachers, and false pastors. You will not be able to detect a lie until you first know what is truth. Number four, Satan's aim is to deceive the saints. Satan's aim is to deceive the saints. First Timothy 4.1 says, now the spirit expressly says that in latter times, some will depart from the faith, giving heed to deceiving spirits and doctrine, teachings of demons. Demons can teach, and they teach for the purpose of destroying doctrines of devils, doctrine that is from the pits of hell surfacing in the church and Christian organization and in families. To be deceived is to be misled. And Satan is a master strategist in using deception to lure unsuspecting believers away from God, away from his word, and away from his church. That's what he wants. To lie you away from the church. Lie you away from the word of God. Lie you away from the church of God. Be mindful. You will never become so spiritually strong or invincible that the enemy cannot deceive you. Did you get that? I want you I, be mindful. You will never become so spiritually strong or invisible that the enemy cannot deceive you. First Corinthians 10, 12 says, therefore, let 
the one who thinks he stand, watch out that he does not fall. You're not so strong that you can't fall. I have to keep praying. Say so doesn't care about me being a pastor for 37 years. I can still fail. You can fall. You can fall. I, you can don't 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 fix your mouth and say what you can't do. All you got to do is get away from God. You subject to do anything. You know what they got? I wish I could start calling all the sins in this book. And it's a lot of and there's some bad ones, too. And every sin in this book was done by people. That's right. By people. Who are people? You and me. And if they did it, you get away from God. You can do it, too. You're not invincible. You're not. Pride comes before destruction. How does Satan deceive believers? How does Satan deceive believers? Oh, God help me. How does Satan deceive believers? A, Satan causes believers to have an inflated view of themselves. You have too high a view of yourself. You, let me tell you something now. You ain't all that. Satan causes believers to have an inflated view of themselves. That's when he gets the best of you, when you think you've arrived. B, Satan deceives you into thinking happiness comes from having more material possessions. You, know, you get happy. If I can just get this big house, I can get this nice ride, if I can get these nice clothes, if I can get this nice jewelry, man, I'm cooking. I'm making it. I'm successful. Look at me. Ha, ha, ha. You need to read the story of Job. He had all that one could ever have. And he was living righteously for God. And just in a matter of a day, he lost it all. You can do the right thing and still lose it all. You better love God more than your stuff. And what's keeping us from getting to Christ is our stuff. As committed children of the only true and living God, we walk by faith and not by sight. Life on earth is not easy. Yet, even in the midst of trials and tribulations, we have joy, hope, peace, strength, and God's blessed assurance as we face trials. Best yet, we look forward to hearing our Savior say, Well done, thou good and faithful servant, and eternal life with our Lord and Savior. If you enjoy this kind of biblical teaching or would like to hear this message in its entirety, please visit us at Maranatha Bible Church, located at 7855 East Loop 1604 North in Converse, Texas, or call us at 210-821-5683. If you would like to make a special donation to support the radio ministry of Maranatha Bible Church, please visit our website at maranathasa.org. Select the Give option and choose the radio broadcast support fund. Thank you very much for your generosity. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. 
with in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com, salemnow.com.